Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. What does the minion ever do to you? Tried to steal my spotlight. That's fair, as long as the checks are clear and you don't give a fuck, right? <laughs> and the money is rising up! And not quite crashing through, but if you could give us the bag, that'd be great. This is... Doc and Ziggy with the flood. Keep your death threats to 140 characters or less. You know what it is. Let the checks rise. Let the checks rise up. Uh, you know what it is. I don't know where we're starting with this at all. We were sleeping so disjointed today. So off kilter. Oh, you know what it is. It's the show with the pop perspective, putting culture in context. And, and we, we make the mainstream make sense. sense. Hey, you gotta give me one of the lines. Man. That was close enough. Look, we did it together. What are you? I need to burn more Palo Santo. <laughs> this is not, we are so unhinged right now. What the okay, so let me happening? tell you some of the things I've written what down. What the fuck is happening? Tell us what the fuck is happening. Sick. Um, so Celtics fans got a bad rep, but also the Celtics blew up. I have a Russia or Florida for you. Oh, okay. Some Russias or Floridas. <laughs> Uh, the stock market goes wild again with and another meme stock. The stock market goes wild. Spotify is telling you how creepy they yeah. are. Ooh, yeah, I'm wait I'm still waiting to hear more about that. Donald Trump is delusional, wears diapers, and put his pants on backwards. Uh I guess the trick to not falling down the stairs is wearing your pants backwards. Ooh. <laughs> Imagine his knees like bending forward. And getting escorted by a secret service. But you know, that's besides the point. He, if his legs like bended forward, he'd be walking like an AT-AT from Star Wars. Oh my god, yeah, or a zebra. Some Quick, wrap the cable around the legs! Woo! <laughs> you remember Jesus. that episode in the like Rogue Squadron N64 game? No, I do not. Oh, maybe that was cultural. <laughs> Uh, Biden opposes a presidential commission for January 6th. Dang. We'll get into that. I actually have some real thoughts on that. I have a couple random questions for you that I've thought up over the week. Tom Hanks is woke as fuck. And yes, they did know what they were doing at Nickelodeon. Oh, that's so random. So where do you want to start? How do you want to start it off today? I don't know. Tell me, how about uh, how's your week been? It was funny because you were like, oh man, I left the blah 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 at home and you were like, shit, I'm, yeah, calling, I mean, I'm calling the hotel my home. Yeah, I've been in the hotel so long at this point that I'm, I keep mistakenly referring to it as home. I mean, the week has been good. Uh, I went Does out. your hotel have a bodega? <laughs> uh, that's a weird way to refer to it, but I mean, yeah, it does right up front where you check in, right behind the little check-in counter. Over to the like left or to the right is uh. I mean, you know, normally nice don't have people just like hanging out outside. But still, like a nice little breakfast. Let's be honest, it's a bodega. I mean, nah. The other night they were definitely outside playing Circle of Death in the little patio grill area. <laughs> like I heard them play it Never Have I Ever, and I was like, oh. That's always the fun one. <laughs> it was like I felt good because I was like, oh, people can be outside playing Never Have I Ever without wearing masks. You know who I fucking hate? Laughing the people who make the little green man rule. Whoever puts the little green man rule in effect, fuck you. I wonder if that's cultural. 
I wonder if people. Will Little Green Man is really annoying. Viking Commander is actually Viking Commander is kind of fun. I mean, these are all common. My favorite's the... the yeah, the, those are all very common. My favorite's the drink, drink, drunk rule. Oh, God, I hate that one, too. Yeah, yeah that's my favorite asshole one, is the drink, drink, drunk. Uh, I have trained myself whenever somebody else does that rule to say swink, swink, swunk. You're going too deep into this shit. I've played a lot of King's Cup in my day. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, I it's carry only a deck fine, of cards. but I carry a deck point, of cards in my backpack for say, just like that. The whole point of King's Cup is to get so drunk no one cares about the rules anymore. No, it's to make that weird, awkward, quiet, eight-person party fun. Yeah, I guess. I guess. But that's still getting everybody so drunk that they don't care about the rules anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Screw the rules. Thank I have you. money. Oh, man. I mean, um, like I said, I went out to the bar this weekend. It was, how did you say it? Uncomfortably, Uncomfortably normal? Uncomfortably normal. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It still felt weird, though, to be in a bar without a mask on. Don't worry, I'm vaccinated. Me too. Uh, fully vaccinated now. Fully inoculated. What else? I watched Army of the Dead this week. Um, I watched that Nickelodeon documentary. It's yeah, got you got me hip to that, Nick, that documentary. We're going to get into that one later, because uh, that's the, actually really interesting. The good orange years. Not the Donald Trump years. <laughs> the orange, the only orange years that we recognize here. Can we call them the dark times? The dark times? The Nickelodeon? No, uh, no, no, the, no, Donald, the Trump era. The dark ages? No, no. the dark ages were, were cool, though. The dark times. Were they? Were they? Are we going to start Our standing Thorian in the dark Our is a thing, and it's dope. Bubonic Plague. That was during the Renaissance. I thought that was before the Renaissance. And the the Renaissance Dark Ages started Asia. at the fall of the Roman Empire. And that's because the Roman Empire fell and recorded history largely went by the wayside for a couple hundred years. I am not going to argue. A lot of that written history was actually sent out to Ireland to where they could all copy it over and over and over. Because, you know, Ireland was, like, a naturally defended spot, and we're fucking smart. So we saved uh, European culture. Thank so you. You're welcome. Paramount Plus released the uh, trailer for the iCarly reboot. I heard about that. Week. You heard about it? Have you seen it yet? No, but I did see Drake Bell got arrested. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna pull... Tell me about this Drake Bell thing while I pull up the iCarly uh, trailer. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't really look into it. I just saw that the iCarly trailer was trail was trending the same time that Drake Bell getting arrested was trending. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. Okay, so, but wasn't it, like, on some real, like, off-kilter shit, like some child abuse shit. Yeah, it was definitely wild. It was one of those things that's like, I don't want to talk about what he got arrested for because it's dark. I mean, look, culture with context. <laughs> Let me go grab my phone. Because, uh, I mean, we're going to talk about some shit with this iCarly trailer. All right. If you follow me on Twitter, you might already know where the fuck I'm going with this. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you, then you should. Then you need to get on it at Signature Dio. At Ziggy Starscream. At the Flood Pod on everything. Most importantly. And I put that on everything. Drake Bell pleaded not guilty in Ohio court on Thursday after being charged with attempted endangering chi children and disseminating matter harmful to juveniles. 
Yikes. Um, Drake Bell becoming a Spanish singer and being arrested in Mexico for endangering children sounds like an alternate timeline. Roll back. <laughs> Roll that back. A Spanish singer? So Drake Bell is Spanish? Like... And arrested in Mexico. So that's where he's been hiding out? Ayo, um, I know... They're bringing rapists, they're bringing drugs, they're bringing former child stars. Wow, cuz... Wow, so this iCarly trailer, right? Let's give that a look. <laughs> Got it on mute. Alright. So, you know, it's a flashback to... The good old times. The good years. 2012, yeah, we get it. You switch the numbers over. And, and here we are. June 17th. And they all look uncomfortably old now. Um, is, I feel like they kind of look the same, right? Like, they kind of look the same, but this... Spencer definitely looks the same. Okay, right, and then there's... This is giving me a lot of the, like, like two-lander vibes, where they just recycle a lot of old jokes and hope they're still kind of relevant. No Sam, but they got Lacey Mosley up in there. Fuller House vibes? It... Okay, like, funnier Fuller House vibes, because it did feel like... As I'm watching this, it feels authentically iCarly, right? It doesn't. It does. It really does feel like you're just caught back up with them now, right? Like that Hillary Duff one, uh, the the reboot of Lizzie McGuire apparently got panned before it even really started. I didn't started. even see. Yeah, I didn't even see the trailer for that, right? So everybody's got mimosas. It looks like because they're all of legal drinking age now, and Carly's doing, you know, speed dating. <laughs> I mean, it, I guess. Right. I so guess. It's fine. It didn't feel... I, it, it didn't feel forced. You know what I no, mean? No, it didn't feel As forced. I'm looking at it, and the addition of Lacey Mosley to the cast didn't feel forced either. But some people... Some people... You know who you are. Decided that they wanted to take to uh, TikTok to voice their concerns over their disappointment of Jeanette McCurdy not being included in the revival. Well, it's the internet. Everybody's going to have a disappointing, complaining take about and everything. And it's the internet, so with those disappointing takes come racism. And yep. everybody decided yep. that... They Doesn't were... matter what it is. Somebody's going to find a racist angle at this point. Everybody decided that they were going to... Uh, not everybody. A couple of people decided that they were going to, you know... That's going to be a funny little choose, thing. <laughs> choose that angle. Yeah. A couple of people decided they were going to choose that angle when showing their... We're both guilty at times. ...disdain from, you know, Jeanette McCurdy not being included in it. When, as I stated on Twitter, she is the one who chose not to... It's not like they just passed her up. You know, she... She was like, nah, BB, I'm good. She said she don't like acting. She said, you know, mainly right now. Because, I mean, it's been nine years. Like, if she never wanted to act in the first place. Just like Johnny Depp never wanted yeah. to? It was, yeah, it was some weird, like, family dynamic going on where she was doing it for her mom. And then she ended up becoming, like, the sole provider of her house, like a lot of these child stars do. And by the time it was all said and done, she was, like completely disillusioned from the whole thing like you know yeah, it doesn't help that they were in the disney machine no and she doesn't feel like the characters that well nickelodeon but she doesn't right nickelodeon but yeah <laughs> goes uh, to show how much i carly i actually watch how far you have fallen nickelodeon 
then we'll get into that later. Yeah. Get into that later. But yeah, teaser. It just it's lazy, right? Like attacking the show is new. Attacking the show's new character purely based on her race when Lazy Mosley has shown that she has the talent you know she's been on a black lady sketch show she's run that podcast scam goddess for the longest time she had that show florida girls on a tbs that she was writing for i think it was tbs so it's like for them to and my whole point is the show's not even fucking out yet (laughs) so you guys are like Ew, who's this black girl? And the show's not even fucking out yet. It's like, like the opposite of the Magic School Bus thing we talked about. Yeah. Where that was like two years old. Right. Four years old. And people are like, they're making the black characters lighter skinned. And I'm like, it just looks like an animation update. They're still very clearly black. I just... Okay, but like, colorism is a real thing. I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm too, like... But I'm just like, baffled by how lazy this shit is, right? Like, if you guys wanted to complain about Jeanette McCurdy not being included in the revival, then stick with that. Why the fuck do we have to drag out the fact that they replaced her with a black woman, right? Like, y'all want to make it about some inclusionary conspiracy, right? Like, oh, this is them trying to be PC and woke. And it's like, how fucking disgusting do you guys not... It's so, like... These it, are the same people that are going to stop watching the MCU after Captain Falcon Soldier Winter Desu-Chan, right? Welcome! It's like people who constantly complain about woke signaling don't realize how missing, like, how r slash whoosh they're being. <laughs> like, yeah. for real? The joke! You! Way over the, your fucking head, Joe. Like, way... You don't understand that you are the point. That there needs to be this push for inclusion. These are the type of people that listen to this podcast and they go, those two don't see color. They want everything to look like fucking Happy Days and leave it to Beaver and shit again. And like the Wonder Years when it was just... If somebody is actually gets that take from our fucking podcast, totally miss the fucking point. Yo, no, I feel like that's what they want, right? Like they feel like if you have more than one black character in a TV show because you grew up you grew up in fucking Nebraska, right? And that you only ever saw one black person in your town and you're like, I don't understand why they keep including more of these races. I never see these people, so how the fuck well maybe you should get the fuck out of Nebraska, my nigga. Like if you like iCarly, <laughs> the fuck I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird crossover there, right? But I, I guess it happens. They have internet in Nebraska. <laughs> Can y'all get Paramount Plus out there? It's like Is this. iCarly sponsored by Apple? No, it's a Paramount Plus thing. But it's iCarly. No, but they, they don't even. Yeah, right. But there's like instead of Apple products, they have Pear products. Get hit. Oh right, yeah. Get, get hit, my nigga. Come on. <laughs> it's like a Grand Theft Auto. They always have yeah. like the Pear. Life, Life Invader is their yeah, Facebook instead of Facebook. Yeah, so I don't know. My complaint is, it's 2021. It's lazy. I don't know. You guys got yeah. Ben Shapiro and uh, Stephen Crowder. It's like gay jokes. Like I, I actually was talking to somebody. I feel in, like, like y'all group can chat. form better arguments than that. Yeah, somebody made a gay joke in one of our group chats. Just like it made one of the other members feel uncomfortable. And my biggest takeaway from it was just like gay jokes are just lazy now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's making one of our group uh, members feel group members feel uncomfortable. Ooh. Personally, I don't Ooh. have a problem with them like making gay jokes because I kind of get it, even though I know it's like, eh. 
But my biggest takeaway from that is just like gay jokes are lazy. Edge humor, whatever, right? Like, okay, so this And slides... nothing against either one of my friends, because I do know that they both listen. I just think gay jokes are lazy. This slides into another tweet that I saw. It was a video clip from uh, Joe, um, not Joe Rogan, Joe Budden's podcast. Uh, the podcast formerly known the Joe Budden podcast. And they had Cat Williams on and he was talking about cancel culture, right? And Cat Williams was like, if you can't make jokes that don't offend people when your job as a comedian is to be as inclusive as possible, then maybe you shouldn't be a fucking comedian. Like, it's not that hard to wrap your fucking head around it, right? John Cleese is, John Cleese is incredibly right when he says that comedy is inherently critical. Yo, go look the clip up. I might include the clip in the video if this ends up in the video, but like, it's just, it's ridiculous. I'm tired of hearing people complain about not being able to completely express themselves at the expense of offending somebody and not realizing the inherent contradiction in that statement, right? Like, hello, <laughs> sir, if your inner thoughts are potentially that offensive, maybe it's time to do some inner reflection. <laughs> also, if you do just say those things, have somebody check you on them. It's not even that, right? Like, go ahead, say those things, right? But also realize that whereas you have the right to say that shit, people have the right to check you on that shit. Yeah, and you freedom cannot, of speech goes both ways. You cannot be offended if somebody is offended by something you said. Son, do we not get the inherent, like, hypocritical nature of that shit? It's fucking ridiculous and it's a tired argument and that's why even though I love the work that Childish Gambino and, you know, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock do, when I hear them make these tired arguments about not being able to push boundaries because of PC culture and shit like that, it's cringy to me. No, I think that, I think we're at the spot where we should totally push boundaries. However, instead of just constantly expanding those boundaries, some people are like, nah, here's a wall. No, fuck that. If you feel like you have something to say, then say it. Because what you're trying to do is it, like elicit a response, right? Yeah. So if what you have to say is that offensive, then maybe the next follow-up thing should be asking people why they feel like it's fucking offensive. And not a forced apology immediately. No. Why do you feel like, and usually, you know, the crowd of, or the court of public opinion will tell you pretty quickly why the fuck they found it offensive, right? So if what you feel like you had to say is that fucking important, then you should be able to structure an argument around why you should be able to say that shit. You should also just be able to go, you should also just be able to go, okay, I was wrong. Potentially, right? If that's where the argument lands on, if what we're looking to have is open discourse, right? Free and open discussion, which is what you know you hear from Steven Crowders and Ben Shapiro's and debate, me, debate me, bro. Debate me, bro. <laughs> like, well, then come on. Step up to the fucking debate. We're and, not opposed to having somebody with different opinions on here. And don't just talk over people when it's fucking time to, like, actually parse out the tough conversations. Yo, it's like, 
that's what Dave does, and that is what why Dave is able to skirt through the cancel culture, right? Because Dave is not afraid of a fucking tough conversation. He's right? just a guy. He made those transgender jokes, and he came out from an introspective, like, perspective, and was able to articulate his train of thought when he made those jokes right it wasn't he wasn't coming and he was able to perfectly articulate the fact that he wasn't coming from a hurtful place he wasn't trying this to is... offend he was trying to make a observation that was right? exactly the word i was thinking <laughs> yes of. he was using observational humor right like he was expressing how he perceived it and I'm not even a fucking comedian, yo. And you would think if your job is to stand up on stage and tell people stories, you would be able to articulate your point of view better than, I don't understand why people get their panties all up in a bunch when I say the F word. Like, I don't... If, the two reactions, basically, like that shouldn't you shouldn't have is when you get challenged on something you said, don't A, immediately apologize, and B... Don't immediately assume that you're in the right. I feel like if you The first thing you need to ask is why they felt this way. That is the first thing every single time you need to ask. Maybe just don't say shit to be offensive, right? Like, offensive comedy, I guess, can be funny situationally, but, like, it's what Seth Rogen was saying. Those jokes don't fucking age well. There's a reason why we don't talk about certain comedians. There's a reason why fucking Dice Clay is not a cultural phenomenon anymore, right? I've sent, I've sent posts <laughs> on, like, your, like, Facebook timeline or whatever, like, the flashback. Yeah. Like, I've seen some of them, like, where a friend of mine would comment something. I'd be like, this didn't age well. <laughs> and it would be, like, from eight years ago, but... Yo, I'm just... It's, look, Zoomers are Zoomer listeners probably don't even know who Dice Clay is, and there's a fucking reason for that, right? There's a reason why nobody fucking talks about Carlos Mencia anymore. There's a reason so Andy Dick isn't on Celebrity Roast anymore. It's purely because if you just exist in a world where, like, and there there was an art to, like, roasting your fans, right? Yeah. Like, that's where comedians like Eddie Griffin and Chris Rock got their start. You know, they would come out and they would roast people. It was well known. You don't sit in the front row of a fucking... Stand-up comedy show? Yeah, because you'll get fucking roasted, yo. You'll get roasted to high heaven. So you know what? Uh, I, I sent it to you, but there's open mic night starting up again. Oh, here we go. If y'all want... Look, if this episode gets fucking 50... Retweets, repost. I'll do an open mic night with me, with Ziggy. Fifty. That's a very low bar. If you all it's a very high bar for us, though. I don't think so at all. I just think that you know we haven't really asked our fans to engage, and you know we are getting to a point now where I think it is time that you guys step up and say all of our. Hello. All right, no, here's <laughs> one. All of our week one listeners, retweet at us what you think we've gotten better at. And if you think we've gotten worse at something, then I got another for you. I'm, I, yeah, I was going to say, why are you waiting till now to tell us that? <laughs> if that's the case. But on that note, I think we're going to take a break and we'll be back at you guys with some more. Yeah, like telling you why Chi-Chi can solo the Naruto-verse with her vagina. Oh my God.
So I was thinking the other day when I went hiking with Periwinkle. I've talked to you about this before, but what makes a bandana a bandana? You throw in a gang culture. What makes a bandana a bandana though, and not just like a handkerchief or like a napkin? Is it exclusively the pattern? The Paisley pattern? Yeah. Definitely not. Then what makes a bandana a bandana? What differentiates it from a handkerchief or a napkin? I feel like... Like, what if a blood hung, held up... Hi, Ted the Fed. What if a blood just held up like a red napkin? Would they the, just be like, oh, he's hungry? The absurdity in you asking me this question. Um, it's gotta be the Paisley pattern. It's not the Paisley pattern. It's definitely, like, the thread count. First of all, and the difference. Like, if you can't partially see through a bandana, it's not a bandana? No, I feel like napkins are made out of a more absorbent material. One. I feel like they're probably made out of, yeah, one. Nothing is stronger than a bandana, though, because you can carry all of your life's possessions and tie it to a stick and hop trains with it. This conversation <laughs> needs to be tied to a stick. And attached to the back of a fucking train. <laughs> but what makes a bandana a bandana? Oh my god. Tweet at us. Let us know what you think makes if, a bandana. If it, was a bandana. if it was rectangular, would it be a bandana? Uh, so Seth Rogen is rebooting the Ninja Turtles. God damn it. Alright. So Seth Rogen is rebooting the Ninja Turtles. How many Ninja Turtle reboots have we had? I can think of three. How many Ninja Turtles reboots have we gotten from Seth Rogen, though? No, uh, none, but how many Ninja Turtle re- I, I... Okay, so my question is, is how do you Does feel about- Does that mean about... that it's just like that hard to get them right now? How do you feel about, do you think Seth Rogen could get it right, though? It's still like, okay, so it's a cross, it looks like it's a cross product between- I mean, we're talking about, about a bunch of stoner Seth turtles Rogen. who, right. you know- LARP in their free right, time and eat pizza. Okay, so I kind of feel like this is a perfect match, is what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, I could totally Seth get Seth Rogen and Ninja Turtles feels like, and I think he has said that this is like a passion project. A bunch of stoner mutant turtles doing, like, LARPing. And it's supposed to be in theaters August 11th. Oh, it's not a series, it's a movie. No, no, this is a movie. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know yet. I haven't seen much... I don't know if it's going to be live action or if it's going to be animated, but like I said- Well, his, they're going to be animated. It's a crossover between his production company, Great Pictures, or Point Great Pictures, and Nickelodeon. I'm kind of feeling like- God, we're really loading up this Nickelodeon teaser. Right. Today. <laughs> hey, Nick, actually, I don't know if we could get that Nickelodeon back. <laughs> Based off of what I've heard or seen, we might get something looking like what we got with like Alvin and the Chipmunks, maybe. Oof. That kind of. Well, I feel like if we use that or like the Pokemon uh, Detective Pikachu animation, right? Did like, you watch that? Detective Pikachu? Yeah. I didn't watch it. It wasn't bad. It was, um. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds' as Pikachu. How could you, like. Ryan Reynolds is. Ryan Reynolds more fit to play Pikachu or Deadpool? I didn't mind Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. <laughs> Look, I'd imagine Pikachu if they could talk to be really fucking annoying. It felt like good, a good plane movie. Right? Are you Pika gonna order pizza soon? Pika, 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 Pika. 
Does he make more sense as a Pikachu or as Deadpool? Definitely as Deadpool, though. Now, does he make more sense as Deadpool or Van Wilder? Damn. Throwback. Throwback. I, I mean, think he's better as Van Wilder mm. than as Deadpool. Wow, that's a hot take. That's a hot Ooh, take. The other really hot take. Is he better in serving or in Van Wilder? Was the movie called Serving? Or was it I think Waiting? So. Waiting. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely in Waiting. Speaking of that, Netflix, I think, recently put up... Was it Netflix? Yeah, put up the um, Wolverine movie with him originally as Deadpool. Ooh, I yeah. said... I've talked about that before on here. I saw it three times in theaters and hated it every time. Why did you see it three times then? <laughs> I think... Once was because I wanted to see it, because I was like, oh yeah, he the Wolverine He doesn't even movie. know why the he first saw Wolverine, it three times. First time, I was like, alright, it's a Wolverine movie, I really want to go see it. Okay. The second time, I think it was a date. The so third after, time, no, I oh, have no idea. So, let me get this straight. You watched the movie the first time, right? Hated it. And hated it. So you took your date to it? And acted really much like I loved it. Until I realized she hated it, did and she, then I let the bass down. Did she want to go see it? Yeah, she did. Okay, and you didn't, you didn't tell her the movie sucked. <laughs> you didn't try and spare her. She was very, very determined to go see this movie. It's got Brian Reynolds in it. So was he better in the Deadpool? Was he better in Wolverine or was he better in? God damn it! You, you better say something awful. Right? Green Lantern? No. Ooh. Ooh. No, I was gonna say what was the, the movie? scene the first scene where Deadpool's in in the what is that Wolverine classic movie? He's better than Green movie. What is that classic horror movie with the uh is it paranormal? No, not paranormal activity. No? I have no idea. Okay. You know okay. me, I'm not a big horror movie person. Doc is a wizard, actually. I'm a vampire and he is a wizard. I prefer the term alchemist. Well, I mean, they're different, but Alchemist works. Alchemist might actually be more fitting. Have you ever seen... God, what was that show, Vice Head, where celebrities would come and tell crazy party stories? Oh, I don't know. Um, Nas was... There was, an ask, there was an Ask Reddit once where I saw... Uh, it was like Yo. people who hooked up with a celebrity. What was it like? <laughs> so Nas was on one time, right? And he Apparently was... Jack White is very polite. He was telling the story of how he was at this party with Wesley Snipes, and Wesley Snipes walked up to him and asked this nigga, not, walked up to Nas and asked him dead in his face. It was like, are you a rapper or a scientist? Not, Wesley Snipes said that to Nas. Yes. And I was like, oddly enough, I feel like that is very fitting for Nas. Are you a rapper or a scientist? I was listening to the Conan O'Brien podcast where he had Obama on. And one of the great Whoa. stories that I heard was Conan O'Brien's son was like four and really cranky and hungry. And he was about to meet Obama. And Obama just came over to him and was like, yo, chill, little man. And he was like, I'm hungry. Oh, give a fuck. <laughs> Back to Seth Rogen and the Ninja Turtles. Chowabunga. Actually, there's Favorite Ninja Turtle. More. Go. Uh, Donatello? I don't know. He was the first one I could remember. I, look, I'm basic. I like, the, I like Leonardo, but I, as, as I've grown on, I like Donatello. I like the Ninja Turtles. I wasn't, like, a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Though. But, I mean, you can name all Ninja Turtles. So, speaking, Name all four Ninja Turtles. I'm putting you on the spot. 
Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Greg. Raphael. <laughs> Master Splinter was their tri- was their teacher. Well, yeah. Yeah, and then April O'Neil Finance, you know. And Strider. Yeah. And wasn't there some nigga named Jesse? Oh yeah, with the mask, the hockey mask. Yeah, yeah. See, okay. Speaking of classic '80s memorabilia, uh, do you remember the Toxic Avengers at all? Toxic Avengers? Yeah. No. Toxic Avengers? Yeah. It was a superhero film released in 1984. It's like a cult classic. I've only ever seen clips of it. I've never seen the entire movie. But and who asked for this? Um, news. They're making a Toxic Avengers reboot, and apparently Elijah Wood will be um, starring along Peter Dinklage and Jacob Tremblay as the lead villain in the movie. Ooh, are they going to have Elijah Wood at Hobbit height? I don't know, but... um, Oh, could you imagine Peter Dinklage and Elijah Wood, like Frodo and Tyrion Lannister being like a midget super team? Who's taller? I mean, okay, the... the Look, you tell me early 2000s, I immediately think blonde-tipped hair. I'm just saying, I feel like the early 2000s feels like a more, I guess, more like grandiose version of what was going on in the 70s. Like, you know, we weren't wearing, like, suits and shit like that. But I we mean, still I think had, early like, 2000s, and I think, think- Stole it through the party like my name is Ann Marino. Hanging out drinking in the back of El Camino. I'm thinking, like, you know, the velour sweatsuits and stuff like that. Like, it just feels... Gangster Looney Tunes? It feels very, like, the fashion and stuff like that feels very similar. Like, in the same vein, kind of gaudy. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe... I bring that up because apparently Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez have been um, canoodling. As we said before... Canoodling, um, if we can use the word canoodle. <laughs> Is that a word? I mean, like, how old are we? How old are we? I feel like it felt old to say canoodling. We're appealing um, to our boomer audience. I have no other evidence for this revival of the mid-aughts other than, um, you know, a couple of things I've heard Zoomers say. And, like, you know, the fact that Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are talking again. What are Zoomers saying that makes you think that? I saw a fucking video on TikTok the other day of fucking somebody's high school in 2006, and it was like high school in 2006 looks lit. No cell phones, just people chilling, and I'm like, you guys know you can put your phones away, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. 2006 high school wasn't that much different. It really wasn't. It really wasn't. It was just what y'all like, were doing. Like, we still had cell phones. It was, yeah, but there was no, like, 
social media, I guess. What there was like MySpace and like Black. No, we had Facebook at that point. In 2006, yeah, I guess so. But you had to have an actual like. But I mean, like we were texting each other. Yeah, it wasn't that different. I mean, it really wasn't. Honestly. And I guess is 2006 early aughts still like, or would you say like? I mean, 2006 was my freshman year. I don't want to talk about freshman year. Oh, God. I remember going to freshman only day at high school feeling so fucking cool. I was not so fucking cool. <laughs> oh, man. Record scratch. Freeze frame. And that's the point when I realized I was not that fucking cool. I bet you're wondering how I got here. You oh. see, I graduated from eighth grade. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> so you said you had some sports news for us. Cole Buckley, 21-year-old attendee at the Nets-Celtics game, uh, gets banned from TD Garden for life and gets charged with assault and battery by means of a deadly weapon by throwing a water bottle at Kyrie Irving. A deadly weapon? I think it might have just been weapon, but still. I'm like, no, because deadly changes the whole dynamic of the charge, right? Like, they were like, yo, this man's like... They are throwing the fucking book at him. Because Boston already has a bad enough reputation for this shit. And it's just been magnified. Like, we're... So, in in Celtics news that is relevant, Danny Ainge, our GM for the past... Because we're both Celtics fans. Yes. For the past 18 years, retired, and then our head coach... He's getting promoted to his position, to so which GM. means okay. that we're actually looking for a new head coach. Okay. Um, and, and some of the names that are floating around are Jason Kidd, okay. Boo Hiss. <laughs> Damn, for real. Becky Hammond. Woo! Okay. Hire Becky Hammond. Uh, Kevin Garnett. I don't want him as our head coach, but I certainly want him on the bench. <laughs> Yo. Sam Cassell, right. I would also be quite okay with. Uh-huh. And Chauncey Billups, I would be quite okay with. Um, now, for those people that aren't familiar with those names, Kevin Garnett is... Well, I mean, if you don't know who Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Garnett is. is right. <laughs> Becky Hammond is a WNBA uh, Hall of Famer right. for the San Antonio Stars. Okay. Uh, she's been a assistant coach... She's been an assistant coach under Greg Popovich for the Spurs for about eight years now. Okay, okay. And she has already been interviewed for major jobs before, including the Bucks opening two years ago before they hired Coach Butt. And that team has Giannis Antetokounmpo, who's so good that we learned how to pronounce his last name, Antetokounmpo. Okay, and what about some of the other people who are being considered for the position? Chauncey Billups is, um, he played for the Detroit Pistons in the, uh, Bad Boys 2.0 era. Okay. The one that won the championship in 2004 and lost in 2005 to the Spurs. Okay. And they were, like, the front runners of the Eastern Conference through most of the aughts until LeBron really ascended. So, in total revival fashion. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty, it was very similar to Jordan taking over the Pistons from the Bad Boys 1. Right. To where LeBron took over the Bad Boys 2 Pistons. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, from beyond that, um, the Knicks, or the, uh, the Nets are really, really good. 
Kevin Durant is good at basketball, so is Kyrie Irving and James Harden. <laughs> what are the what's the standing right now? Uh, so Boston got eliminated in five. Yeah. The Knicks got eliminated by the Hawks in five. Yeah. The Miami Heat got swept Jeez. by the Bucks. Um, and then who's the Heat the Western, got on their team then? Jimmy Butler, okay. Andre Iguodala, Bam Adebayo. Jimmy Butler's one of my favorite players. That dude can like, you can watch a game and the dude could have like eight points and the whole time you're like, that dude's controlling the entire fucking game. Damn. Uh, and in the Western Conference, we are going to, I believe, a game seven with the Clippers and the Mavericks, which is gonna be really exciting. And, um, oh, you might have heard about this little team called the Los Angeles Lakers got eliminated in five games by the Phoenix Suns. I guess that means no ring for LeBron this year, huh? Nope. (laughs) This is also the first time LeBron has ever lost in the first round of a playoff series, which is one of the things people have been using in the GOAT-Jordan debate. Mm. So, and um, things think? that were trending after they were eliminated were Kobe, Space Jam 2, and Damn LeBron. Damn LeBron. You got them bringing up Kobe on your name, though. So what It was you- the picture of Kobe in heaven like this. And it was like Kobe watching the Lakers right now. He's got his fingers crossed. He's just looking disappointingly with, like, clouds and shit around him. I mean... So, what do you think was the reason why they lost? I mean, Anthony Davis was hurt. Oh, okay. And... I mean, is that all, though? Devin Booker didn't miss a three-pointer in the first quarter. So... The dude went six for six. He had, 20, he had like, 24 points in the first quarter. So, it was just a perfect combination of them being, like... Oh, yeah, and it, it was not close. The they ball. got fucking waxed. Shit. They got waxed. Shit. Like, there was a point where they had... It, there was a point where I think it was, like, 34 to 18. Like, they got waxed. 34 to 18. Yeah, that's... God. Okay. And that's, like, the first quarter. Yeah, oh, man. So, uh, anything else going on? Any other sports updates? Um... I don't know if this counts as a sport update, but I got Jalen and Jacoby again. <laughs> no, that does not count as a sports update, but you want to tell us... Why you gotta, you gotta I, tell so, our listeners why you got on Jalen and Jacoby. So, so everybody, I don't know if you all know, Jalen and Jacoby, right here, one of our biggest influences. Zoom in. And uh, they do voicemails, which uh, we would gladly do if anybody wanted to send us emails or Twitter questions or anything. Yeah, I was gonna say, we can't do voicemails yet, but y'all can definitely send us you know, questions on Twitter and or it can be anything. Instagram. Like that's, or, yeah. that's their whole point of their voicemail is they just, you can call Jalen and Jacoby about anything. And I've heard many English. stories yes. on Jalen and Jacoby about uh-huh. Jalen going into a public bathroom and somebody blowing up the bathroom and he's all like, scoff! Ugh, how could you do that? And I totally understand that. So I was curious, because they've never ta- talked about this, I called into Jalen and Jacoby. This is my third time getting on Jalen and Jacoby. <laughs> Humble brag. Humble brag. And I asked him what the proper etiquette is when you have to blow up a public bathroom. Damn. And he said, A, you actively hunt for a bathroom that you think has spray. Yeah. Yep. Two, well, this is actually what you should do in the first order. You actively look for a single bathroom. I think you're missing his initial point was 
Know your body. Oh, yes. <laughs> know what you eat. Know what sets your stomach off. Know where you're going to be because that is the most important part, right? Especially when you are trying to consider whether or not you are about to blow this bathroom. Also, like at the very beginning, as Jacoby said, I know how to get on J&J because Jalen loves his questions about pooping. Nigga, what's your most embarrassing public bathroom story? Ooh, um, uh, I don't really have a really embarrassing one because just, I don't know if he said this in the voicemail, but if you're going to blow up a bathroom, just try to wait until you're the only, yeah, the first to leave. The, only one, in the, the only one in the bathroom. Yeah. That's what you really want to do. Yeah, no, I feel it. I don't have any embarrassing bathroom stories either. I just wanted to see if you did. <laughs> I don't have any embarrassing bathroom stories. I do have a couple random questions I thought of, though, that I was thinking about asking you. Question time, question time. I need to come up with, like, a segment drop for random thoughts to ask the co-host. Random thoughts to plug for the doc. All right. I mean, this could go both ways. This could go both ways. Okay. So I, I was thinking, I was like, who would you want to be interviewed by? Oh, wow. Um, Jesus and Mero, duh. <laughs> or that wouldn't maybe, be an interview. That'd be a hangout. Or maybe like a Philip DeFranco. You know, I could see that. Or maybe like a uh, Cody, Cody Johnston. You know, they, or like ooh Robert Evans. You know. Something like that. I could totally go for one of those kinds of interviews. You see, most people would think like, oh, Dan's going to get interviewed by Jalen and Jacoby. I'm like, nah. See, here's the thing. I love Jalen and Jacoby. Their interviews are not really all that probing. Yeah. However, their guests, their, their guests are awesome. Yeah. But they're, they don't really do like a, an in-depth interview. And I'm thinking I would want to be interviewed by probably a Rolling Stone writer. Ooh, okay. So you don't have a specific... Do you have a specific Rolling Stone writer that you like to follow? I don't have a specific Rolling Stone writer, okay. uh, but I know their general structure. Yeah. They'll give me a lot of chances to do long form answers. Another obvious one people would think would be like, oh, you want to be by interviewed by Jon Stewart. No, I don't think I'd really want to be interviewed by Jon Stewart. Mm. I think I, I, this one's going to be an interesting I one. Think I, I would, would like... want to be interviewed by the guy from Axios who interviewed Trump. Oh, uh, what is his name? John something. Yeah. I think of Trevor Noah. I like the way Trevor Noah does his interviews. I think right? actually, yeah, Trevor Noah would be another good one. Yeah. I don't want to be on the Breakfast Club. Yeah, no, I don't wanna I don't wanna mess the interview. <laughs> right? Like uh Eddie Wong would be another one. Like I could I would totally go for like a Anthony Bourdain fuck that's delicious kind of style interview, right? Like let's go out, get food and really like chop this shit up. Yeah. They're, those are the kind of like when we get to a point where we're doing like a broadcast like hot ones. Yeah, where we're doing like a broadcast show, that's the kind of shit I wanna do. Like Doc and Ziggy out on the town. How many of Doc's mixed drinks can you take? <laughs> Really explore. Well, look. This is we, not lemonade. When we do this straight no chase crossover, we really gonna see who makes the better drinks. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's a challenge. Challenge to the team over at Scrape No Chase. We gonna figure out who mixes the better drinks over there. And if you guys ain't following, y'all need to go ahead and check out Scrape No Chase over at uh, over on Instagram. Follow my man Suave AF and uh, his co-host. Damn, I gotta get his co-host name. That's terrible, son. See? 
See, we gotta get more professional. But y'all know, y'all know what it is. It's great, no chase. We can always have the lighthouse on this up. There you go. I mean, yeah, Lil B, get on. <laughs> also, by the way, Lil B doesn't have to be the one. If any one of our listeners are like, yo, check yourself before you wreck yourself, I mean, please send it to us. The lighthouse is open source, right? It's like Wikipedia, right? <laughs> it is our version of Wikipedia. And if you get it from Wikipedia, fine. Right. That shit gets checked all the time. Open source is what I said, right? Like, if, you know, you hear us on here talking about some shit and you'd like to help elaborate, like, you know, how I'm always forgetting the names of things <laughs> as I go to talk about them, that kind of shit, I'd appreciate it, you know? So, let us, that that's what the lighthouse is for. It's a community. It's not just an organization. It's a lifestyle. Community. You said community. I know what I said. Don't be a grammar Nazi. You know that shit is rooted in white supremacy. Really? Don't make me go into it. <laughs> I mean, I get the whole grammar Nazi term. Why do you think they call them grammar Nazis, dog? <laughs> Why? I'm, look, all right, look. You don't. You don't. Anyway, ain't ready. we we have Y'all one last ready? we got one last sports update. Do you? Because yeah. I thought we was done with sports. Hey. Coach K, as okay. we mentioned before, Coach K is Mike Krzyzewski, who has been the Duke Blue Devils coach for over 40 years. As you have mentioned before. Is retiring after this season. Ooh, what does that mean for the Blue Devils? Uh, it means that they have a full year to get the perfect coach to follow up, but... Do he gets have, he gets his one year of he gets his one year farewell tour of flowers. Do they have anybody in consideration at the moment? Um, not that I've really heard. Cause Brad Stevens was actually the big man that was floating around, but Brad yeah. Stevens is staying with the Celtics. So it seems like there's a lot of seat position changes coming up. Not to mention that North Carolina also had Roy Williams retire. So mm. two iconic North Carolina basketball franchises, and arguably Ooh. the two most iconic college basketball Basketball franchise or programs. The other one arguably being probably UCLA. Shout out to the Terps. Fuck Maryland. (laughs) I hope that Maryland does. I hope Maryland. I I want a Maryland. Everybody knows I I want fuck Maryland. No, actually. They turned me down twice. Fuck Maryland. Shout out to Howard. Um, Georgetown for me. All right, Brett Kavanaugh. I told you. For the Hoyas! <laughs> I feel like you totally pronounced this shit like a white Marylander just now, but that's cultural. And on that note, break! some stuff that's actually rather significant and all tied together. Ooh, And kind of a follow-up of what we were talking about last week. Uh, Actually, the past couple of weeks. So, uh, NFTs, sales have been dropping as much as 90%. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, the bubble has burst already on the NFT market. Surprise, surprise. As with everything the internet does, it is very short and unsustainable. That's for all you crypto nuts out there. Look, not to say that, okay, let me not front on the crypto market. Let me ask you a question real quick. Shoot. 
How do you feel about the conspiracy that all of this hype behind crypto is to replace the dollar? I mean, as Lord God said when we had him on, eventually, he thinks it will. I mean, it's logical, right? Like, the dollar in itself is very antiquated, right? And I think it's a hard thing that people have, or I think it's a thing that people have a hard time grasping, right? Essentially, it's useless now, really, if you think about it. We are already at a point where most people have debit cards, right? Most yeah. people, a lot of people now don't even have debit cards, right? A lot of people have all of their information already, their credit card tied to their phone. Most money, realistically, if you know finance now, you know most money exists in the form of code. Now, anyway, we exist in a debt ratio market where a lot of even a lot of the capital is based on speculation right like if you look at uh, some of the highest trading companies on the stock market most of the value of these companies is based in speculation a lot of these companies don't really make money that's when they say you are the product for social media that is the truth it is your data and the potential marketing value that your data provides these companies that brings the inherent worth of a Twitter or a Facebook. Right? Okay, so I have two things that I can follow up off of that with. So, one of them is good old AMC. Mm -hmm. Their stock soared over 100% on Wednesday, and uh, it went at some points crossing over $70. And yeah, of course, no, Robinhood at one point halts trading. Of course. This is right? another one of the short squeeze, similar to the GME one. So I have a good friend who, a uh, co-worker of mine, who we talk very frequently about what's going on with the whole meme stocks thing and how it really is a guerrilla attempt at destabilizing the market, right? And that's yeah. kind of why I brought up the cryptocurrency aspect of it all, right? Now, let's think about the frequency of this now. The GME thing, that falls off. And right. then I said, crypto kicks up because I believe the millennial Gen Z trust in the market went down, so they go to the deregulated market. Well, And what? then they do the guerrilla warfare again on the market about three months later. So are, do you think this is going to be an increasing trend where there's going to be a meme stock okay. taking over about every three months? So I, my coworker and I are we have this theory that what is actually happening is the these companies that are being bombarded by these meme stock investors, right, have dug themselves in a hole where they have a bunch of like what they call, I think it's called like shadow stocks or something like that. It's like stocks that don't really exist, that are borrowed based on speculation right like they see the potential in the meme stock so they artificially inflate the number of stocks available to drive the supply up which drives demand down which would force people to sell off their shares because they think that the worth is dipping down and they're trying that that's how they're trying to like reverse like the kind of 
manipulation that is being done by the redditors at the moment right because the redditors you're banking on the people that have heard about this through facebook and twitter and not directly on reddit and don't really have faith in what is in the movement that is happening right so what a lot of people don't know is a lot of these stocks are insured by uh like um you just gave me a very big topic by the way but we'll check on that (laughs) they're insured by like a lot of these trade commissions and stuff for like up to trillions of dollars right so if these hedge funds lose their money then they still there's there's no risk factor for them, essentially. There really is no risk factor for them because of the insurance policy and the fact that it's just meme stocks that this is happening to at the moment. But they won't cave because if people realize that this is a thing that they can do, like if the layman realizes that, and when I say layman, I mean the average everyday Joe, realizes that this is how the market is actually being, and this is where the money is, and this is how the market is being manipulated, right? Then we can easily take control back, right? And kind of force a socialism (laughs) or a redistribution of wealth on the market. through these meme stocks. You got me on gang warfare and him on communism. Yo, so it's like, what's really going on behind the scenes, what he pointed out to me was that every time the AMC stock dips, a crypto skyrockets. And every time a crypto skyrockets, the AMC, or every time a crypto dips, you know, then the AMC stock will skyrocket. And it's like, there's clearly- the naked or the naked stock or the gme right right but my point is is there's clearly some kind of background manipulation going on between there the are two. a very clear 10 to 20 stocks that people are focusing there's on. a very clear trend between and pattern that's going on between the crypto and these meme stocks at the moment and if you pay attention to it it's very fishy is what i'm saying yeah and it looks like it's their way. To think if, if you think there's no connection, you're kidding yourself. Exactly, exactly. And what I'm saying is, when we tie this back into the, the question I initially asked you, which is, do you think crypto is being used to destabilize the dollar? And right? I have to answer after this discussion, absolutely. Yes, it is the final nail in the coffin. These meme stocks. So, okay, here's tinfoil hat time, <laughs> guys. Here's Doc's full conspiracy, right? This whole Reddit meme stock thing may be a ploy between the banking systems and whoever, I don't know, tinfoil hat talk, right? Like the elites to destabilize the dollar right maybe this whole GameStop GME like uh, AMC Blackberry thing was always a destabilization attempt to cause a stir to get people to really like fuck the market up because that's all it's really done if you stop and think about it is cause a bunch of bunch of static in the market that proves that a change needs to be made you get what i'm saying yeah right 
And as we've already stated, the dollar is obsolete, right? Like we really just have it for, no offense, the boomers, right? Like people, and- In fairness, I still understand cryptocurrency as you turn a computer on and buy heroin. Cryptocurrency is just the new gold rush. It really is the new gold rush. And what gives- Somehow all ends up in heroin though. What gives crypto its value is there is, and there is a- uh, Heroin is a value. There's a finite amount of Bitcoin. Woody Allen mine. gives it value. There is a finite amount of Bitcoin you can mine. There is a finite amount of Dogecoin that is possible. Just like mineable. there's a finite amount of time when Harry met Sally. It's actually not. It's infinite because you could play that movie over and 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 over again. I just want to let you know I hate you. I just want to let you know that you will never, you will never be able to do what I do. It is a masterful minefield of masterpieces in my mindscape. So the inner machinations of your mind are an enigma. No. And if you don't drop that clip, I'm gonna be <laughs> real bad at you. Son. No, okay, so yeah, to tie my conspiracy theory in neatly is what I'm saying is this whole Reddit versus stock market thing is uh, like the Drake versus Meek Mill beef, and I feel like it was all uh, orchestrated to just, you know, strum up controversy to destabilize the dollar. Uh, <laughs> which is gonna happen eventually, guys, anyway, so we should just all get ready for it. I don't know what, see, the, the problem I have with this is we don't know what coin is gonna come out to be the- Also, the, the other coin. problem with it is we don't know what the company's meme stocks do. Like you were earlier, like I'm gonna buy a gaming mouse from GameStop. And my first reaction was you can get one cheaper on Facebook, which made me think, what do we need GameStop for? Like, it, could we walk into GameStop and just be like, I want one GameStop. So what this really reminds me of is when, and this is only gonna like, you know, be relevant to like history buffs and stuff like that. But it's reminiscent of in the early days of the United States when like every state had its own currency and there was no localized system of like yeah. money trading. And that's what all this cryptocurrency is right now, right? Like you've got Dogecoin, Shiba Inu, Eth Ethereum, like uh, Bitcoin and all that. Bitcoin so, 2.0, Ethereum Classic. Right now what we're seeing, you got Pi. So right now what we're seeing is the battle for supremacy for the next standardized form of currency. So just get ready for it. And if you've got the extra capital, invest in one of them now, because even a small investment in one of them could lead to at least some kind of foundation in the new form of a, the new form of wealth, because that's what it is. We really are seeing the end of a lot of systems right now. Not to be all apocalyptic and end timesy, but yeah. More like punk rock and revolutionary. The change of currency as we know it will be a huge shift in how we function as a society. It's the end of cash as we know it. <laughs>
And will mine. Damn. There you go. There you go. Maybe you can get on this level, sir. <laughs> oh, man. No, but yeah, I don't know when it's going to happen, but it's going to be soon. And within the next 50 years, we will see the end of paper currency as we know it. Speaking of the end of things, we are feel like we're at the functional end of COVID. As we discussed a little bit already. Uncomfortably normal. Yeah, uh, wasn't it just, it was me and you just recently went to the gas station and I was like, fuck, I don't have my mask. And of course, you know, I'm fully vaccinated. The one gas station I went to go get the mixers at earlier, yeah. they still had the mask thing. So I was, oh shit, I had to just throw my shirt key well, or whatever. Okay. Because I left my confirmed bandana at the house. We went to sake the other day and- uh, One hot sake and bounce? <laughs> You know, I almost posted that on the Instagram story that I, yo. Anyway. And that is, that is a joke that like literally deep cut. people in deep Dallas will cut. get. Deep cut. Like uh, the city of Dallas and eight people will get it. That might be a t-shirt though. It still might be a t-shirt. One hot sake and bounce. One hot sake and bounce. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the front, one hot sake, and then on the back it says bounce. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, we went to Sagi the other day, and um, I didn't have my mask, um, but there was a sign on the door that said, you know, no mask, no service. But being fully vaccinated as I am, I strolled up in that motherfucker like, what you gonna do? And they sat me on the far side of the restaurant away they from everybody else. They were like, where's your mask? And I'm like, oh, Hold my up. mask? Ready for it? There's my mask. Did you laminate it? No. I cut it to the size where it actually fits in my wallet. Oh, though. I thought you laminated it. I can't find mine. But I mean, like, it was super awkward. Like, I would put it in, like, this part of my wallet, and it yeah. would bend over. I'm like, I'm just going to cut this thing so it fits in my actual wallet. So, speaking on that, I don't know how vaccination records and stuff are stored, but I was thinking about people who have lost their vaccination cards, right? Because... In the beginning, we were talking about not doing, like, a vaccination thing, like, where... <laughs> With Israel, where they're like, scan this thing and you're fine. Yeah, right? Like, there's even a lot of states that have made supposed laws against, like, you know, doing stuff like that. Like, I know Florida, Georgia are two that have uh, anti-vaccination card, like, yeah. laws on the docket. But... <laughs> also, there was that dude in Florida, we didn't talk about this last episode, I wanted to, but that, um concert promoter who was giving discounted tickets to a punk rock show for people who had their vaccination cards so if you had your card the show was only $18 guess how much the ticket price was if you didn't have your vaccination card $20 $1,000 $1,000 and I'm totally here for it right because if you think about it I'm here for it too I gotta stand on my punk rock pedestal the price of maintaining a concert venue in the middle of COVID with, you know, the health regulations and things and the restrictions that have been put in place probably warrants a thousand dollar ticket fee. <laughs> if you think about it, if we're going to make things COVID compliant, and I know that's a little bit, you know, classist or whatever, like, oh, I can't get a ticket if I didn't get a vaccine. Except well, deal with it, nerd. The vaccines are free. Deal with it, nerd. <laughs> the vaccines are free. I haven't grown a tail yet. Nope. 
my organs are fine. I just went to the You got doctor. Moderna, right? Yeah, I did. I yeah. did hear something recently that, like, heart inflammation is a thing that's happening with Pfizer. Oh, well, I mean, I got the Moderna vaccine. And I feel fine, and I got Moderna. Look, it's new, right? So, therefore, it's scary. Everything new was there. When electricity first became a thing, people thought that you could spontaneously combust if you were walking underneath of the electric wires that are strung from the telephone poles. Yeah. We do this all the time. It's nothing new. I'm not going to say that there aren't going to be... Ed- okay, so here's what really... You gotta let me stand on my punk rock pedestal. Stand on your pedestal. Everybody's like, this is so not punk rock to not let these people into the venue. Actually, it's super punk rock Ooh. because punk rock is about helping your better man, helping everybody else. It's super punk rock. That's why the, the original Patriot Party of all, like, West Virginia white people join the Rainbow Coalition with Fred Hampton. It's super punk rock to take care of your fellow man. It's really not that hard. And if they were able to make it look like communists didn't wear masks and, like, you know, communists wouldn't go get vaccinated for the betterment of the state, then I guarantee you all of these QAnon supporters, if they were able to make it seem like pedophiles didn't want you to get vaccinated <laughs> then all of the QAnon then we wouldn't be having if they were able to make would Jeffrey Epstein get vaccinated if that's the case no no that's my point <laughs> if Jeffrey Epstein was an anti-vaxxer then all of these QAnon supporters would go get vaccinated he was an anti-Trumper if Marjorie the Gathering would <laughs> go get vaccinated did you just <laughs> You go. <laughs> I can't even take credit for that. I have to give a shout out to Internet Today for that because uh, Ricky plays Magic the Gathering, right? And they Every talk. single time I see that trending, I <laughs> yeah. comment on like the biggest trending one. And I'm just like, on behalf of the Magic the Gathering community, no, this is not us. I can't take credit for that. Like I said, shout out to Internet. No, the one thing they were like, Marjorie Taylor Greene is like defending racism and Satanism and, and Satanism and I tweeted back I was like no it was as a Magic the Gathering player yo. we are against racism Satan is to be determined <laughs> so like I said shout out to internet today if you guys don't watch it's a channel on YouTube uh, they do a lot of the same thing that we do pop culture trending a lot of YouTube news and stuff like but that. they don't make it make sense the way we do not at all not at all they talk about Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff a lot, and Ricky uh, plays Magic the Gathering. Ricky! <laughs> so, yes, they came up with Marjorie the Gathering. Post Malone also plays Magic the Gathering. Post Malone. Okay, so. I want to know. Apparently, he plays Mariki Ribery, too. I want to know how his beer pong show is doing. Anybody that has seen the Post Malone beer pong celebrity, like, challenge thing, let me know how that is, because it actually feels kind of lit, and I would love to be able to get on that shit. Like, play beer pong with Paul Rudd? No, me and you play beer pong against, like, I don't know, fucking Post Malone and Lil Uzi Vert. Like, I, I would, I would, my first thing that I would say and we might get thrown out, is I'm like, wow, Post, like, I'm amazed. Like, you smell way better than you look. Wow, so as a grown man, you gonna comment on how another grown man smells? 
looks like he smells like he looks like. And you're not gonna call no homo for that. Huh? No. No. You just gonna call a shower. You just gonna talk about how you just gonna be walking around smelling another grown man without. He calling looks no homo. rather pungent. And you gonna say that in front of my face without saying pause, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Okay. He looks rather pungent. All I'm saying is I think we could beat Post Malone and Lil Uzi Vert in a beer pong. Absolutely. All right, so you know how people are like, oh, you got rollbacks. You have to go behind the back. I'm like, nah, fuck that. Trick shot off the ceiling, bitch. <sighs> Your lanky ass would probably be... <laughs> I make up. most of them. I make this shit. Like, it's hilarious. I'll go like, boom, off the ceiling, corner cup. If I beamed a pong ball off of Lil Uzi Vert's diamond implant. Would I be an asshole for that? No. You would be a boss. I would be a you legend. You would 100% be a boss. Tweet at me. Let me that know. Is the, are you kidding me? That is the ultimate sun moment. Let me know. That is no, the ultimate sun moment. Wait, wait. Does it only, is it only a sun moment if I make it into the cup? Yes. Like, if I boop, and then boop. <laughs> it, it, it's a sun moment if you get it into the, the cup. cup. Okay. It's a, you're a dumbass if you just do it in general. Because I'm going to be trying. It's a troll moment if you do it in general. I, it is a sun moment if you I make am it. going to try the entire time to bean that shit off of that diamond implant into a fucking cup, yo. <laughs> because if I don't, what's the point? What is the entire point of being on this all right, show? All right, so I think it's like the theory. So like the first time it would be hilarious. The second, third time, fourth time, it would be like, all right. Right. Then the fifth time, it would be hilarious. Right. Right. You know what else is hilarious? A chicken nugget sold for $100,000 just recently. <laughs> you had me write down this thing, and I was like, what? I posted. You literally told me to write down Among Us, chicken nuggets, and 100000 I posted. And I was like, Okay. I posted this in the um, Instagram story. Follow the flood Instagram. How does Among Us relate to a one hundred thousand dollar chicken nugget? So it was a chicken nugget that looked in the shape of something. Didn't yes, it? it was a chicken nugget that looked sus. Uh, <laughs> to put it vaguely, it was in the shape of an Among Us character, right? It was a bell-shaped chicken nugget that just happened to have two little prong-like extensions on either end of the chicken nugget and it was placed on ebay at i think 99 cents is what the bid started at fucking meme stocks and it finished at a hundred thousand dollars <laughs> it's not funny there's nothing funny about that um it's sad except for everything it's sad. Everything is funny about that. Everything is funny about it, but all in the wrong reasons. Who? I didn't look. Because I don't really want to know. I mean, I'm kind of curious, but it makes someone who has been living in a hotel for the past month, because yes, I own a house, but as most homeowners... Shit happens. Well, most homeowners will tell you we don't have capital for every emergency that happens who has a hundred fucking thousand dollars to spend on a chicken nugget on a chicken nugget i on know someone nugget. does logan paul 
Speaking of that, today's the day. Currently, as we record, is it is today the fight? Yeah, today's the fight. Oh, we gotta find a way to fight. We gotta find a way to watch that. I'm sure somebody. It's gotta be a Buffalo Wild Wings. Although, <laughs> although, maybe I'll know, call the strip club and be like, "Do you have the Logan Paul with H3, Floyd Mayweather fight?" <laughs> with uh, what call it from H three H three getting sued like what like almost a hundred million dollars or something like that for streaming the last fight. Like he was playing a video game? Yo, like Triller. No, was it the same guy? I don't know. Um, No, no, it wasn't that I think the dude that was playing it like it was a video game got away with it. Yo, the dude that was, uh, it's the dude from Ethan. Ethan from H3H3 streamed it, I guess, in a live stream while he watched it. And Triller Entertainment sued him for like $100 million. Yo, a prominent YouTuber slash podcaster so y'all be safe out there um, cause I know y'all don't want that we'll do our best (laughs) yeah I don't know how likely this is to be bootlegged Um, you might have to find a local bar or whatever to go watch it if you're not gonna spend money on it cause I'm not gonna spend money on it I'm sure as hell gonna find a way to watch it though um who do you have? Mayweather really? (laughs) Logan's not gonna land a punch Floyd's probably going to be hung over doing it. He's probably going to spend the entire time dodging. And Jake and Logan's not going to get a single point. And Floyd, with like 30 seconds left, is just going to go... I feel you. Winner, Floyd, one to zero. I feel you, right? But as somebody who has supported Bernie Sanders twice, as somebody who lived through the new Dark Ages, or the new Orange Ages, (laughs) shout out to Nickelodeon, uh... Anything is possible, my nigga. Anything is possible! Anything is possible, my nigga. Shout Uh, out Kevin Garnett. And I feel like the odds are in Floyd's favor enough for him to throw a fight. Muhammad Ali is arguably one of the best boxers of all time. And one of his... Oh, wow, this is a conspiracy theory. And one of his greatest fights is arguably said to be a thrown fight. The one when he was like 41? I think it was him and Sonny Liston. I don't know. No, he... Sonny Liston is the iconic... Like... I think that is the fight, though. He did not lose that fight! It's not that he lost the fight, it's that the fight was thrown. That Sonny took a dive. Oh, you think on Sonny's side. Yeah, that's the argument. I thought you were saying Ali threw a fight. I was like, there's no no, fucking way. No, 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 no. If I'm remembering the opponent correctly, it is the iconic Sonny Liston fight. and then With that picture. Yes, and the argument is that Sonny took a dive in that because the odds were in favor of Ali winning and... Sonny stood to make money on the back end if he threw the fight. Which you know is- that's how Daredevil's dad was killed, right? Oh, for real? Yeah, he was a boxer. He threw the fight. You know that's how Jordan's dad was killed, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't Jordan's dad's gambling nuts. Anyway. It was Jordan's! But for the same Just reason- Just for everybody knows, Jordan is actually a giant shithead. Yeah, but joking about the murder of somebody's father. Anyway. 
I mean, we joke about the murder of Kirk Cobain all the time. The murder of Kirk Cobain. The murder of Kirk Cobain. The murder of Kirk Cobain. I thought that the Conor McGregor fight would be thrown for the same reasons that I'm thinking this Logan Paul fight might be thrown. Floyd definitely let him go longer than he, he needed to. He's uh, like, all right, I gotta make this at least entertaining. Yeah, but I think there was more on the line for Floyd than there is for this Logan Paul Oh, absolutely. With the Connor fight, right? Like, that was a real, like, UFC. We're all just looking to see if Logan can land a punch. That was like MMA versus boxing, right? That was like these, that was the deciding fight, right? Like, which is the better, like, athletic prowess or whatever. However if you put you Floyd in the octagon, he's going to get destroyed. I would have liked to have seen Floyd versus Anderson Silva, but I mean, I guess if you can't throw kicks, then what's the point? Yeah, Anderson Silva would get wrecked. You... Would not being able to throw kicks? Yeah. Assuming his leg doesn't snap in half? <laughs> Yo, arguably to date, that is one of the nastiest sports injuries I Joe have Heisman, seen on camera. Joe so Alex I'm... Smith, Gordon Hayward, Yo, Anderson, Anderson Silva's leg wrapped around that dude's leg like a fucking spaghetti noodle, son. It was disgusting. Don't look it up, anybody. It's really... No, look it up. <laughs> look it up. It was great. If you want to see what the human body is capable of when pushed to its limits, look up. That's actually what the human body is not capable of. Oh. What the fuck do you mean, son? His leg wrapped around that dude's like leg like a fucking like bungee cord without breaking through the skin. That's insane. That's insane. It reminds me of that old, like, I guess you could call it, like, ridiculous YouTube clip of that kid on the, I think it was a bicycle, right? And he made that huge fucking jump, and when he landed, he, like, fucking snapped his, like, uh, ankle, and he was, like, holding his foot, and, like, he turned towards, like, he butt-scooted towards the camera holding his foot, and his, like, leg was just, like, flopping about, and he was like, ah! Ah! Alright, so my next question about this is how come Logan Paul gets Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul gets Tyron Woodley? <laughs> okay, so who do you have in that fight? Because I see a lot of people making the argument that Jake stands a chance against Tyron Woodley. I mean, I feel like Jake's only taking the fights he can win. So you feel like, and a lot of people used to say this shit about Floyd, right? Like the whole argument was that Floyd cherry picks, right? So when you call him the, you know, pound for pound greatest fighter, it's like, has he really like fought a contender that is really up to par? He didn't fight Pacquiao in his prime. That's uh, damn sure. Oh, you're dirty. I still feel like he won that fight arguably like the same way it would have gone if he fought Pacquiao in his prime. Um, I would like to see, you know. Let's be honest, we, that fight was boring. A lot of people, but that's the reason. That's, Floyd fights are boring. Yo, because he's a technical fighter, right? Like, Floyd is not a brawler. He's not a slugger. Like, point, point, exactly, point, point. Exactly, exactly. Floyd is a point guard, right? He is going to make sure he comes out on the scorecards on top. It's his point. He don't want to sit there and exchange blows with you. He's not trying to get CTE. What the fuck are you talking about, right? Like, and of course, that's- There's a reason this man is still fighting and taking bags into his what? Like, late 40s, 50s? Right, like, you know, it, 
that's what a lot of people will say the difference between boxing and MMA like is is boxing is kind of boring right like an MMA is like bloodshed and shit like that but when you watch the niggas in their underwear bleeding on each other and shit like that at a certain point you have to if America if America could get away with it we would have gladiatorial combat I know there is a certain point in every MMA match that really gets to that point that everybody goes I shouldn't be like, this should not be a thing. There are times in boxing matches where I'm like, damn, this shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> like, and I like boxing, right? Like, my brother is a boxer. And I, I'm i not going to disagree with the art form, but there are times where I'm like, fuck, man, look at his face, yo. <laughs> like, holy shit. The cotton shit. ear, like. Oh, God, the cauliflower ear. Yo, seriously, the human body is, when you talk about, like, what the human body is not meant to do, that is totally a thing the human body is not meant to do, dog. Uh, so, I don't know. I think, I mean, Tyron Woodley has a good record, better than Ben Askren from what I've... I thought you were going to say Ben Affleck. No. I'm just thinking, Jake Paul fought. Jake Paul fought Nate Robinson. How much money would you pay to watch Jake Paul fight Ben Affleck? Drunk Ben Affleck. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Let's make this even better. Tag team match. Matt Damon and Jake. (laughs) Yo, hold on. No, cross it. Fucking, I want Matt Damon and Jake Paul versus Logan Paul and Ben Affleck. Refereed by Bill Simmons! Ah, no. Refereed by Snoop Dogg. What? No, called by Snoop Dogg. Refereed by Bill Simmons. No, I want it called by Bill Simmons, refereed by Snoop Dogg. I want Snoop Dogg in the mix. Do you really want to hear about the Boston Celtics while watching a boxing match? No. Fucking, because you'll hear about no, the Boston Celtics somehow. Mike Snoop Dogg up. Let him smoke while he's refereeing. Because <laughs> what the fuck is this fight anyway? <laughs> this is celebrity deathmatch. We have just... So we have what? It was Jake Paul and, and drunk Ben Affleck versus yeah. Matt Damon and, and Logan Paul? Yeah. No, I think you reversed it. But either way, I don't care how this mix-up happens. <laughs> you just want to see Matt Damon tag in for a Paul brother to fight Ben Affleck. I kind of just want to see Logan and Jake fight at this point, right? Because Logan is actually taking this fight with Mayweather pretty seriously, and... Jake's got your hat! That's not going on camera at all. You (laughs) asshole. You asshole. We're going to break. Break! No, it's not the same thing, but I had to give it up. And honestly, ever since I've given it up, I realized it's the reason I was having extremely terrible heartburn. Like, I was having, like, I was going through, like, bottles of Tums, like, a month, right? And then I'm wondering, like, why all the fuck, all of a sudden my heartburn is terrible. And it's because I'm drinking, like, at least two cups of coffee a day, right? Yeah. And when I say cups, 
we're talking 12 to 16 ounces of coffee. So it's really like four cups of coffee a day. And honestly, I think your a cup of coffee is like six ounces, so it's more than four cups of coffee a day. Yeah. If you stop and think about it. I poured, here's one thing that fucked me up that I don't know if you stopped and actually looked at. If you were to get interviewed by somebody like Thesis and Marrow, what kind of questions would you want to get asked? That's a weird thing to consider. I don't like a lot of personal questions about like what's going on in my life like I'm kind of I don't know if you guys can tell I'm totally personal in that sense right or I guess I'm caged in that sense I don't like to talk about my personal life a lot it's part of I'll dump everything out on y'all it's part of the thing that kept me from being like in uh, in the YouTube spectrum for a long time and I know it's been a while since I put out a YouTube video it's because the hotels have my schedule all wacky and shit yeah. like that so I promise I'm I'm editing We'll have videos coming. Some of them will be backlogged for our, you know, dedicated listeners and stuff like that. Um, and for Shout out Kellen and Falcon. Some of the new uh, viewers and everything. Yeah, some of, of course, we're a topical show, so some of the topics will be a bit outdated. But the videos will still be new. Hold on, whoa, whoa. We're personality driven, but we do talk topical. We, yeah. Like and subscribe either way. <laughs> it's entertaining even if it's old. Comment rate anything helps you know as we're trying to get besides we're really pretty so <laughs> um no well but look at this dad bod chest do we need to point the chest out <laughs> well i mean you did <laughs> off camera what was i saying anyway he's like black fabio as i was saying as we, um... And by that, I mean Michael B. Jordan. God damn it. God damn it. So, we've been teasing Nickelodeon this whole episode. And that's because, as if you follow me on Twitter, as you should, at SignatureDio, it's Signature underscore D-I-O, I have been tweeting about this documentary that Hulu put out, right? Called The Orange Years. It's all about the foundation of one of, I would call, definitely like a cultural cornerstone for American children and maybe- Millennials specifically. Millennials specifically. And maybe even internationally, right? Is Nickelodeon, right? The, as they like to put it, the anti-Disney, right? Yeah. Like some of the things that you hear, you heard when watching the documentary you know they wanted to be irreverent they wanted to be off kilter when they, they legitimately were, used the word dingleberry when they were looking for animation they wanted ugly cartoons yeah. right because disney was very refined very i found polished. something out the rugrats theme song was done by somebody in devo yeah yeah yo uh pete with that i told you pete and pete had um iggy pop was iggy regularly pop. in it yeah as a regular, like, guest member of the cast, yo. And they um, said he was just like, no, he actually just kind of just wanted to hang out. Dude, this shit had my nostalgia meter in the red. I, like, I tweeted that because it really did, Joe. Like, as I'm watching this, uh, and, you know, shout out to fucking 
Jerry Geraldine. Um, Geraldine. Yeah, Geraldine Laybourne. Shout out to Geraldine Laybourne. My God, the goat. Son, the approach. Okay, so one of the things about this documentary that genuinely surprised me was how many women were at the head of decision making behind Nickelodeon's like creation and programming. Shout out right? to y'all women. Woo! Yo, it's so many. And I bring that up because in contrast with Disney, it which, became it was so abundantly clear. With what Disney was at its core, right? Like, the head of it was male, and both founders of Nickelodeon were women, right? Like, um, Disney was a male-driven animator studio for the longest time. They didn't even have female animators, you know what we I mean? We can't shit on Bob Iger, though, for that, because he wasn't no, in power. No, that was clearly Walt, right? Yeah. Like, that's my point. Um, and... Like, they kept calling themselves, like, in, like, the sister channel to, like, MTV, right? And Nickelodeon really was kind of, and like... And if you look at it, like, it really it was. was. Like, look at what MTV. they did with the Nickelodeon emblem. Well, that that in itself, as you learned watching the documentary, was because the dude that came up with, like, the Nickelodeon emblem was the same dude that designed the MTV emblem. King's Choice Awards, Kids' Choice Kids Awards. Awards. Yo, they went, like, handed... They really were, like, sister channels. To each other, right? Dude, from everything, from like <laughs> Nick Jr. to Nick News with Linda Ellerby and shit it was like that. All super, yo, super progressive. Yo, it it was like, and they really like they had this mission statement that was like, let kids be kids, right? Like, like, don't treat them like kids, right? Like it was let them be who they are, and I feel like. That's the whole motif now, right? And that's the thing that made the Double Dare host, they said in the documentary, the Double Dare host... Mark Summers. Mark right? Summers. Yeah. The thing that made Mark Summers so good as a host is that he never talked down to the kids as if they were kids. Well, that was the whole thing for the channel, right? Was they, the None of the shows talked down to the kids. Nickelodeon shows kids living the experience of growing up the way that you know we that was authentic and genuine to the experience and they it showed that growth over time right it wasn't just clarissa explains it all showed up at the perfect time right i also totally forgot that clarissa was melissa joan hart <laughs> yo pete and the adventures of pete and pete like the dichotomy between pete and pete like one of them was grasping with you know being in high school and still and the other on one was pure innocence right exactly Exactly, Keenan and Kel, you know, having Which that... Which Pete do you relate to? Obviously older Pete, Which right? Pete do I relate to? <laughs> You're clearly younger Pete, right? <laughs> Come on, man. It's just... It's... Oh, man. Like, like I said, I told you. I feel like after watching the documentary, it reminds me how much of my personality and my perception I owe to Nickelodeon, right? Like, Anybody who thinks, like... They knew what they were doing. They totally, totally knew what, what they, they were, were doing. doing. Yo, and totally knew what they were doing. That was Geraldine's thing, right? She said, I didn't hire people I didn't think could do their jobs. So if I hired you to do a job, I let you do that job, right? And the whole motif was be original. Don't talk down to the kids. Like, be creative. Don't be scared. Take risk, right? It is, and 
that bled through everything. That bled orange through everything. Nickelodeon bled orange <laughs> through everything. Bled That's key. That slime, son. That's like, slime, and that like seriously, if you look at the Nickelodeon orange, what they said, the Nickelodeon logo, it really is just a typecast and the color orange. And then that let it be okay. anything. To tie it all back in, right? That is why this cancel culture PC bullshit pisses me off. Because Nickelodeon taught us how to push boundaries without offending people. Yeah. Son, Clarissa was not your typical teenage girl, no. right? She they, was awesome. Right. Like, they we all like, wow, her, Clarissa's, like, so cool. They asked her who her favorite band was when they were coming up with things to put in her room, and they were like, you know, do you like New Kids on the Block? And she was like, no, I like They Might Be Giants. Like... <laughs> Be your own. The sun is an infinite gas, energetic nuclear furnace. When hydrogen is built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Be unauthentically, unapologetically, genuinely you. The sun is hot. The sun is not a place where we could live. But here on Earth, without its life, there'd be no light at all. There'd there be no life at it today. Something like that. There are remnants of, and everybody who is, you know, grew up watching Nickelodeon, there are remnants of that mission statement in all of us, in all of our personalities, right? So when I hear one of this, my biggest takeaways from that documentary uh, is Josh Server looks just like JJ Renner. So, like, the takeaway that I got Also, from I miss Josh Server. Where did he go? <laughs> the takeaway I got from it, right? And also... Damn it. Here we go. <laughs> there was only, like, two white people on all that, come to think about it. Lori Beth Denburn and, and Josh Dan Server. Oh, and, Do and Danny Tamarelli for a little right. bit. Right. But, like, but that's, that's the thing. Like, when... These, when these boomers and, like, these Gen Xers complain about, like, you know, the push for multiculturalism and inclusion and all oh, that. Oh, that's the point. Like, there were, like, was, two or was three white point. people on a cast of, like, 14 people. That was the point of fucking Nickelodeon in general, right? That was their whole mission statement was to show to expose kids to multiculturalism to that's why we got nick news that is why we had those little bumpers with like that's why we had nick stuff. studio tours yo that is why we had snick and all that and are you afraid of the dark because they allowed kids to really like this is a part i didn't get to in the documentary the i don't know if they actually touched it where did nick at night come in oh they didn't really talk about nick at night at all it, because Nick at Night for me was also another really yeah. formulative thing. Like, well, it's that's what, how I saw I Love Lucy. Yeah, that's how I saw like a lot of the sitcoms. Like it is what gave us that connection to the past generations before us, right? That took our culture and put it in context. <laughs> and that took their culture and put it in context, right? Because you know what is the difference between an I Love Lucy and an iCarly at the end of the day. <laughs> you know? If you take out the aspect that, that it's it's a relationship between a husband and a wife, really nothing. Because, no. I mean, like, the Vitamina Metamin skit would totally work on iCarly. And our, you, tell me you could The Chocolate see, Factory totally would work no, on iCarly. That's what I'm saying. You can't see uh, Sam and Carly doing a lot of the same shit that Lucy and Ethel did. Like, yeah. <laughs> Lucy, Ethel... Ricky Ricardo, also known as Desi Arnaz in real life. Right, the dynamic, yo, is what I'm talking about. Like, the blueprint was there. 
right? Um, and that and was, like, I'm surprised they never actually really touched on Nick at Night, because that was another yeah. really huge thing. It followed Snick. Uh, but they, I guess they went into the more foundational elements of Nickelodeon, right? Like the Nick Jr., the Snick, the Slime. The, they talked about the game shows a, a lot, right? And that is something that I often forget when thinking about Nickelodeon. The Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, what was that brain quiz show that they had with all the, like, Nick... Uh, cast members and stuff oh, on it. I can't remember, but yeah. they would each get one one kid to, like, team up with every episode. Yo, it was, like... And it was then, so yeah, good! Nick Arcade, yeah. Uh, guts and all that stuff. Like, Nick really did. And if you look at it, the blueprint that Nick set was the same blueprint that every studio used moving forward as the generation grew up. And right and translated into their audience market. Yeah, so like, if Nickelodeon was the MTV for kids. Then MTV easily, you know, could just continue the blueprint that Nickelodeon set with a lot of their shows and stuff. Now let's think of us, like we can clearly put ourselves back in the day. The three right. channels were Disney, Cartoon Network, and Nickelodeon. Right. Right? Right. Or MTV, BET, VH1. Disney, Nickelodeon, and Cartoon Network. Or UPN, TBS, and um, Lifetime. How more clearly can I say I'm a white guy? <laughs> well, I mean, Lifetime Channel. Like, come on. Anyway. I'll give you USA. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's uh, UPN, TBS, and USA. And WB, Cartoon, or, and WB Saturday Morning Cartoons. Either way, right? Like, the blueprint has always been there. And to see how formative Nickelodeon was in, like, making that really solidifies the cultural iconic status that Nickelodeon has. And like I said, watching this documentary really, like, had me in my feels, son. I was looking at, like, you know, Clarissa and Danny Tamborelli and, and Keenan and Kel, and I was like, damn, yo, this really was, and, like, the whole Snick movement, and it got me thinking about things that they didn't even include, like, Kablam, and like I said, KABLAM! Yo. With Meltman, the power to melt. Yo, fairly odd parents, you know, they mentioned Spongebob, and what I found funny about, like, I was joking with Periwinkle earlier, like, last week, and... You know how I tell you he has all of this really random shit. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you get that? He's like, Renfair. I had the realization that him with Renfair is like Timmy in the internet. It's like, oh Periwinkle, why the fuck do you own that, Renfair? Oh, my oh God. okay. Oh my God. Yo, it just, what I found- If he watched, if he listened to our pod more, he'd realize how much content he actually gives us. What I found wild was how what Mark Summers said kind of what Mark Summers said about Spongebob kind of solidified like what happened to Nickelodeon but if you're saying like Spongebob was the quote unquote downfall of the Hold channel because I haven't but that's okay. so important like Spongebob so, was so important to us too so originally the concept that Vivian Horner, the founder of Nickelodeon, and Geraldine Laybourne had was, you know, a channel that let kids authentically be kids. They approached it. Geraldine didn't even do marketing for Nickelodeon, like, shows or, like, toys and stuff for the longest. Like, they didn't have, like, merchandise for the longest time, right? Because she was very against kids 
being pushed products. She already felt like they got that everywhere else and they didn't need it. Because before, you know, Nickelodeon, every other, like, cartoon had a toy tie-in, right? Yeah. You think about, like they said, Transformers, Transformers. Nin- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, My Little Pony, that kind of shit. Um, those were the kind of cartoons we got before. Like, all of that stuff had toy tie-ins, merchandise with it, right? Ren and Stimpy didn't have merchandise at first, but Rugrats didn't have merchandise at first. Mark Summers said they got offered a million dollar deal for Double Dare cereal, right? And Geraldine turned it down because she said, no, the kids get pushed that shit. Punk rock! (laughs) I find that funny because essentially what Mark Summers said in the documentary is what put the nail in the coffin for Nickelodeon was the success of SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer. Right, by that point, Nickelodeon's merchandise uh, wing had- Did you enjoy Dora? I didn't either. <laughs> Nickelodeon's merchandise wing had taken off by that point already, right? And with the success of Blue's Clues, which really laid the foundation for Dora the Explorer. You it know, definitely went into Blue's Clues. Yeah. After watching that and hearing how like his background, I'm totally not surprised that he got like traded out because of a drug addiction. It wasn't a drug addiction. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know, some people might say it was a drug addiction. From what I understood, though, he definitely just wanted to go back to pursuing the punk rock career that he had started. He was in that rock band from the get-go, yeah. right? Like, and he just cleaned up his act for the Blues Clues show. Yeah. Um, and then he would get off right back to the punk rock because there was no, like, Twitter or anything that could follow Steve from Blues Clues right. around everywhere. Right. So yeah, I mean, essentially what Mark Summers said. And if is, he gets if he gets recognized out in public as Steve from Blues Clues, that person's either a parent or a pedophile. Jesus. Essentially, what Mark Summers said is when a corporation reaches the kind of success level that Nickelodeon reached with SpongeBob and Dora the Explorer, like they made billions of dollars off Dora the Explorer, right? You don't come back from it. Right? Like, once you reach that level of success, as you pointed out with Magic the Gathering... I was going to say it myself. You don't come back from that. Right? And we saw the same thing with Cartoon Network. Once Cartoon Network... Because Cartoon Network, I feel like, started out with the same kind of mission statement that Nickelodeon started out with. And once they found the success that they were able to reach with, like, the Toonami block and the Courage the Cowardly Dogs and Gumball and and Dexter and all of that. There's no, there wasn't a lot of coming back from that. So what was Cartoon Network relative to Nickelodeon during the heyday? So we said... If Cartoon Network was the MTV for kids, or if Nickelodeon was the MTV for kids, what was Cartoon Network? I said Cartoon Network was the VH1 for kids. (laughs) Because it took everything that made Nickelodeon what it was and kind of like turned it up you know what I mean and that's kind of the same thing VH1 if you remember VH1 started out playing all the like indie rock and stuff like that that MTV wouldn't play anymore the thing that I really grew up remembering VH1 for is doing all of those I love the That happened when VH1 became popular, right? So when the MTV, when MTV started catering to the Nickelodeon generation getting older, that's when they started doing Pimp My Ride and stuff like that. Yeah, right? Because the Nickelodeon irreverent generation was growing up. Wow, we're getting really good at building a cross-episode narrative. Yo, so 
then the MTV generation moved to VH1 because then that's when they started playing. Like, I remember fucking seeing like my first Matchbox 20 music video on VH1, right? Now, which one was it? I don't. I feel like it was one that didn't actually have the band in it. So if anybody can figure out which song that is, then let us know. Good luck finding a music video without Rob Thomas in it. Let's see how far we've gone. Then when VH1 got bought out by Viacom, they started marketing to this. I'm going to listen to Matchbox 20 on the way home now. You realize that, right? When VH1 got bought out by Viacom, they started marketing to the same demographic that MTV was marketing to. And that is when we started to get shows like Surreal Life and I Love the 80s and, you know, Flavor of Love and all that shit. Because, yeah, that's when reality TV started to take over. Right, and that may be partly our fault as millennials, but um, I'm not gonna take full responsibility for that because that really started with cops, and I'm not gonna not like cops. The TV now cancel the TV show. The TV show cops now cancel has been canceled. Not like culture, like literally, literally. like literally has been canceled. I don't know. With all that being said, shout out to. Hulu for putting out that documentary that made me feel old as fuck. Thank you for that. But it was a fun ride. You know what's another fun ride? Break! But we have three other things we need to touch off of after that. But break! summer season here and as we move into the summer season one thing that is you know annual with this time of year is graduation ceremonies it is happening all across the country all across the nation you already know what the fuck it is it's graduation time uh high school's getting ready to be out a lot of colleges have already you know handed My out favorite the Kanye album. Stuff. <laughs> a classic Kanye album a classic Kanye album <laughs> um But one thing that I see every year that I feel like is also becoming more increasingly a thing as we continue is graduation celebration policing. One thing that I continue to see though, and I continue to see it as a growing trend, and it kind of bothers me, is graduation celebration policing, right? And um... You mean not letting kids just get drunk? No, not letting fucking kids be... So we can both agree, right, that high school was probably one of the most stressful times that a human being will ever face. Oh, yeah. You are being thrown into the annals of society while you are going through incomprehensible hormonal changes and um, learning yourself as... How insane do you look at yourself... For certain things you did as a teenager. <laughs> I think that's my answer. <laughs> it's just a subtle and creepy laugh. <laughs> um, no. I definitely threw like full garbage bags of Dunkin' Donuts trash out at oncoming traffic before. Oh my god, the things I used to do as a teenager are entirely disrespectful, yo. Like, I would never recommend 
anybody go back. I thank God that we didn't have fucking camera phones. Right? Back then, <laughs> yo. It's just... Everything nobody, we would have done would have been on camera. Nobody except for, like, Brock Turner should be judged for what they do as a teenager. I also feel like because high school is as difficult as it is, when it comes time for you to actually, you know, progress to the next level and graduate this tumultuous 12 years of an identity crisis that you've been faced with, that you should be allowed to celebrate as you please, right? Of course, without going too haywire, sure. But like, I see kids getting kicked off stages for doing like backflips and stuff like that. Or what? Like, no, let them have their stunt moment. Dancing across let the stage. Let them have like their that. stunt moment. I saw, I forget what his name is, but I saw this new uh, rapper who graduated and threw um, fucking, you know, he like $14,000 made it rain across, or was it 10000 Either way. He's he like, I'm paying your right. student loans. Right. He made that shit rain, and I'm like, let the nigga have it. I saw another status about a kid who was being uh, refused entrance to his graduation because he wasn't wearing the right kind of shoes, so a teacher had to, you know, it's that tragedy porn shit, right? Where it's like, a teacher donated his shoes to a child who was- If you want to walk across the stage, right. Yeezys, go what for it! fuck, if you want to do it barefoot, my nigga, go, why are we- See, this is the- If you want to walk on water up there, go for it! I want to know, okay, if we have a listener out there who thinks Who can that, walk on water, send that shit. Who thinks that there is a reason for the formalities of graduation policing? It just seems so outdated to me. Now, when we exist in a world where your doctor can fucking have gauges in their ears, and, like, your psychiatrist can be inked the fuck up, like, why do we still- Twelve years! Let the guy do a backflip! Yo, like, Let the girl twerk! Right, like, yeah. Look. Man, it's, I don't know, graduation policing just feels so cringe to me, yo. And the more I see it, the more I'm really like, this is the problem, right? This is like one of the things that is unspokenly at the core of the culture wars right now, is this sense of formality, right? That's really what it gets down to, right? Yeah. Is the sense of formality that we have. I hear people complain all the time about I wish we could go back to the Mad Men days where men wore suits and women dressed like ladies. And I'm like, the fuck? It's so goddamn no, it's, hot it's with come, climate it's, change. It's, for me, when it comes to like the graduation, it's everybody's got their graduation picture. It feels like it's that's your moment to try to one-up everyone on your timeline. Yo, I just, I don't know. I. I get the if everybody had to do a graduation stunt, then the ceremony would last all fucking afternoon, right? But it's like... Or somebody's it, just gonna do a quick backflip. Fucking let it happen. Or like, somebody's just gonna make it rain for like ever, 10 seconds. the last time you've been to church, right? Like, church takes for fucking ever most and of I'm the Catholic, time. And I'm Catholic, dude. I'm Catholic. That shit takes way long. We used to go to the 7 a.m. mass because Father Flame would get that out in 45 minutes. 12 years. <laughs> 12 years to a educational system that is going to make you do at least another four right before you can find a sustainable career right like this is your this is really just an entry exam yep right into being a suitable adult 
right? And you're not gonna let them celebrate a little bit? Fucking miss me with it. That's something that needs to go. In 2021, post-COVID, let's stop fucking graduation police. Guys, like, for real, it's so washed. Tom Hanks made a good point about things that should be required to talk about for graduation. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you know that Tom Hanks, who considers himself a historian, and if you look at his movie selection, it should not be a surprise, uh -huh. he did not hear about the Tulsa 1921 massacre until last year. Jesus. That and he admitted it in that article. He's like, I feel very uncomfortable and kind of ashamed that I never heard about this until last year. Well, go ahead, Tom. He said that this is a major teaching moment in American history. It is. That has never been taught regularly and really should. Okay, the two things I have here with this. First uh, of all, it's Tom Hanks. Well, no, one, somebody with as much money as Tom Hanks, who considers himself a historian, has not heard of the Tulsa, Oklahoma massacre until now let's stop calling a riot because it was a massacre one until now i said massacre right i don't know it doesn't matter i I'm think not, i said 1921 i'm Tulsa. not i'm not trying to fucking like be to split hairs here but, but we do know how important words but are my point is somebody with as much capital and as much resources and has the like authentic hobby of considering himself a historian missed that pivotal moment in like african-american development and he he said it's he went through all sorts of different programs and it was never mentioned so if somebody with as much resource available to them as tom hanks has missed that huge pivotal moment and he said the two major reasons are because of watchmen and lovecraft country think about all of the other huge pivotal moments that are going unrecognized because of whitewashing in history, right? Like, did you know that the only successful coup attempt in the United States was done on a black governor? Really? In South Carolina. Maybe North Carolina. I get them mixed up all the time. But look it up. The only successful coup attempt. Like, they successfully removed this man from power. And it was because it was a black governor in South Carolina. And it happened during the or during the time of Reconstruction. It is a complete injustice to the history of this country. And it is a huge reason why we exist in the controversy we do now. That that time period has gone like completely unrecognized and swept under the rug reconstruction and early like before like pre jim crow like america a lot of stuff happened in the and i'm not just talking about like race stuff i'm talking about economics i'm talking about workers rights like a lot of the formative things have that like we know that how the country functions today happened during that time period and if you don't think it's by design that we skip that time period, then you are part of the problem. <laughs> You're part of the problem. And that was what Tom Hanks was saying. He was acknowledging this. He was like, it's really fucked up that I've never been taught this and I study history as much as I do. There's a lot of stuff in between World War II and 
Vietnam, right? And that's a huge window, right? But it's I about say, 30 years. I say that because I want people to understand ex- the magnitude of what exactly is going on in this country, right? There is a 30 to 80 year period, I will say, of history that we are not familiar with in this country that really does set the foundation for race relations, economics, politics, all of so that So pretty stuff. much the entire American history post-Emancipation Proclamation? Is the most important part of this country. I will argue that all of that is more important to this country than the Civil War, than the war between, than the found, the founding fathers, like, or the foundational war, right? Like, I argue that that time period is way more important than that. Sam Adams is a frat bro. <laughs> I argue that all of the, like, we learn about the pre-colonial period and all of that stuff, but all of that is a distraction. It's, come on, all of that, I feel like, is propaganda, right? Like, and I'm sure some of our listeners may be feeling a bit push back at that statement and I'm not saying that it's not important to understanding but we don't even teach that time period correctly. Mythologized? Yeah, it has been extremely mythologized to the point where George Washington is the same thing as uh, fucking like Davy Crockett. Like even though I guess Davy Crockett was a real person. Paul I was going to say like the founding fathers almost exist as like a pantheon of the Greek gods. They do. They are in the same. They are in the same lineage as Pocahontas and fucking Davy Crockett and Paul Bunyan. I was thinking you know? more along the lines of like George Washington is like Zeus. No, but George Washington is Paul Bunyan. If you think about it, he's the great American tall tale. George Washington is America's King Arthur. George Washington was a gangster, though. That's the point, though. No. Definitely a gangster. No, no, no. You don't realize how true the statement you made just now. George Washington was literally a fucking privateer before he was the first president. And if you don't know what a privateer is... A government pirate. It is a government pirate. So George Washington literally was a fucking gangster before he became the founding father of America. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Our country was founded by scammers, pirates, and religious fanatics. And debtors. That's it. And black people. (laughs) And black people. (laughs) Shout out to the Native Americans. At At its core, that is what this fucking country is. And a bunch of shitheads and then people who had no choice. If you want to know why QAnon exists, if you want to know why we just can't reach a middle ground on gay rights or on civil rights in general, study the time period post-reconstruction to Vietnam. Study, it's a lot. I know I'm asking for a lot. <laughs> but once you start, I guarantee you, you we'll see this country in an entirely different light, right? Like I said, everything from the 40 hour work week to birth control is in there. (laughs) From integrated schools to who fucking women being able to vote exist in that time period, right? Like that time period, I believe, holds the fucking prohibition, right? And America's relationship with alcohol. Which, if you stop and think about it, like, anyway. I have... I'm I'm ranting. I have four directions to pull you off from your rant. 
Do you want to talk about how creepy Spotify is? Do you want to talk about politics? Do you want to talk about the metaphysical point of how all movements start? Or do you want to do a YouTube exclusive and talk about her background? Uh, <laughs> we'll save the background talk for another episode. Because uh, I see we're running a little bit long here. And you want to talk about the metaphysical <laughs> interpretation of how a movement starts. Let me see. This comes back to when I was helping a nameless friend of mine write an apology letter. Uh, it was kind of so, dog shit, though. So what were the other things that you said? Uh, some politics news. Uh, Spotify being really creepy. Let's start with Spotify being really creepy. So, do you remember us saying that they were gathering all of your, like, personal data, like, yeah. when you were listening to certain... Yeah. So they released no, this thing called that, Hashtag Only You. I was gonna say, not that just that they were gathering your personal data, that they had patented two specific sets of software... So there's this thing called Only You. your personal well, there, Where they were like, this is the music you're gonna listen to, and there's nothing more you than listening to this thing at night, and... There's millions of Spotify users, but only you would go from this to this. So... They're telling you how creepy they are. Extremely personalized ads, right? Like, inside joke ads is what I'm hearing. <laughs> right? And it has a share button! Right? Like, this is the song you like to listen to when you're contemplating... I, was, wow, I saw it. It was over a million retweets the day that they dropped this joke. When they dropped this feature, and I'm like, oh, this is why they were being really creepy last week. Well, that's what it said, right? They, essentially what they wanted to do with these two sets of software was create two, like, extremely personalized, like, aggregated ad sets, right? Like, it even mentioned, like, based on the tone or the mood of the music you were listening to, yep. advertising softer tone ads to you if you were seemed more introverted. Apparently, there's nothing more me than listening to the Jalen Rose Renaissance Band podcast at night. Which is weird, because I don't actually listen to that podcast that often, especially not at night. Okay, I have a hot take. I don't necessarily have a huge problem with personalized ads. Neither do I. Right? It seems creepy because it's new, right? And the potential... It is kind of creepy. The, okay, well, the potential risk factor with the amount of data collected by these companies is creepy, right? An ad for lemon trees because I was wondering how much a lemon tree cost is not creepy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... If you know... Now, did you Google it or did you say it? I Googled it. Okay. Right? Like, we were talking... And there have been times where I have said things and then gone on Facebook and seen an ad for a said thing, right? But I also... Once again, we are sitting in front of a microphone, two smartphones, two laptops... A camera, which is on... Well, that's, yeah, the smartphone, right? Like, and everything is connected to the fucking internet. And we're both vaccinated. We're super fucked. I have a smart TV. My point is, our data is being pulled from everywhere. And there's not much you can do at this point to combat it without going day one and completely, like... Like, full 1990s. Yeah, like... 
the amount of money it takes to scrub the internet is, you know, Beyonce levels of worth. Um, <laughs> so, you're all fucked. I would suggest you get comfortable. You can curate these things better. Like, Google does have a section that allows you to erase your search history and all of your voice data. I made it so Facebook can't cross-search my Google stuff for advertising. Exactly. You can, to an extent, give or, you know, curate most of the data that they are able to mine from you. But with that being said, as we move into an area, or as we move into an existence of convenience, right, because things are getting, you know, more convenient <laughs> and, and more of uh, the proliferation of resources that make things more accessible for the everyday person, right? Like, you know, yes, Facebook allows us to stay in touch even though we're busy, but the caveat of that is they mine your personal data and they sell it to, you know, Procter and Gamble and Johnson and Johnson <laughs> and Viacom and all that shit. So they know how to give you products more catered to the things that you actually like. I mean, I listen to, okay, here's a, uh, I guess a cross-examination of this. As we're in the hotels, Des has had to deal with TV that isn't streaming services and he's had to watch cable right and deal with ads as kellen pointed out when we were talking to him about the zoomer report and it's ads for things that you don't even give a shit about <laughs> right and it's like do you want to go back to that and having to sit through what was it you know oh god most tv shows actually run for like 20 crossfire <laughs> who is gonna win Crossfire! Oh, you know what my favorite is? Is those fucking compilation CDs that I like we the use? Capri, I like the Capri Sun no, commercials. Fucking like now that's music oh, and yeah. all that shit. Kids bop like you mentioned earlier. With or... the scrolling music track yes. list. <laughs> Featuring songs by... <laughs> Dennis yeah. Hopper. Oh. Dennis Hopper sings? Oh my god. Yo, but yeah. There are two other things I totally forgot that we could talk about. What? Alright, so I have a rush out of Florida. Oh yeah. Okay, hit me with it. It's a pretty obvious one, but it's a great headline. Father and son do drive-by paintball shooting. Neighbor pulls out real gun and wounds the 10-year-old son. Oh my god. Okay, so before I guess whether this is Russia or Florida, there's a shit ton to unpack here. What no, I did not read the article. What kind of irresponsible father takes his 10-year-old son on a drive-by shooting? Whether it's paintballs or not, automatically I know that this is Florida, right? It is in fact Florida! <laughs> because drive-by shooting. It's not something that you hear comes out of Russia. Even though... Slay by shooting. Even though... Yeah, yeah. They do have guns in Russia. <laughs> Only in Florida, the home of George Zimmerman, would somebody potentially shoot at a... 
Okay, isn't it very obvious when you're being shot at with paintballs? This is also totally people from my delegation. Yeah. This uh, is totally yeah. people from my this delegation. This is totally a white people thing. Because there's no way in 2021 you were convincing me that a black man would take his 10-year-old son out to do a drive-by paintball shooting. Nope. This is totally some white shit. There's like a 5% margin of error. This is some total white shit. Okay. What was the other one? Oh, uh, so that was the only Russia, Florida. Oh, However, we great. did have a good internet argument that um, Chi-Chi's vagina can solo the Narutoverse. Oh, all right. So to wrap today's show up, <laughs> Zig is going to tell us why Chi-Chi's Punani is the Hokage. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I read this to you, and you agreed. So, I mean... Okay. Break it down. Goku stayed Super Saiyan the whole week before the fight was set. Right. Goten was conceived that week. This means Chi-Chi got her cheeks clapped by Goku when he was in that form, wrecked Planet Killer Frieza, and he was stronger than he was when he killed Frieza while clapping said cheeks. We can determine that Chi-Chi's ass and box are planetary level at minimum and would absolutely solo the Naruto-verse. And I think we believe that uh, we we came to the conclusion that Chi-Chi is a kitsune. She would have to be, right? Because I said the only way that this would be possible, right? Because Chi-Chi has not demonstrated that level of strength physically. And to clarify what a kitsune is, for all of those who have seen Lovecraft Country... <laughs> she is the real nine-tailed fox, which is why I said... Chi-Chi is the real Hokage at the end of the day. When you stop and think about it. So if she's the real Nine-Tailed Fox, does that mean that Naruto was talking to Chi-Chi the entire time and therefore that Naruto and Go Naruto and Dragon Ball Z are canon? That means Chi-Chi destroyed Naruto's village then, right? Ooh, Chi-Chi's vagina. Destroying Naruto's village. Can you just imagine it? Like, overcoming the entire village. Nope. Like, <laughs> nope, this is getting into manga territory. Nope, this is Neil Gaiman shit. This is getting This into, is Neil Gaiman shit. It's getting into manga territory and I don't I don't condone it. <laughs> well, it's fitting considering they're both manga. Ah, uh, did you see that Sandman is getting ready to debut on Netflix? No. Yeah, I don't I think it's animated. I think it's animated. But yeah, Neil Gaiman's uh is it Gaiman or Gaiman? I see Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman's classic Sandman is getting ready to debut a run. Is Neil Gaiman? Yeah. yeah. Wasn't that a comic book? Yeah. I have the first edition. I don't have the rest of it, but I have the first edition. Or maybe I mean, I see Neil Gaiman, and I think just like eating people through a vagina. I have the first issue, not the first edition, and don't you dare slander American gods by boiling it down to people getting eaten through a vagina. That is... The thing that I read and I visualized the strongest was this girl eating this dude through her vagina. American Gods is a classic novel, and if you haven't read it... I there is a part where a girl eats a dude through her vagina. Oh, God, you're going to make me read that book again. Jesus Christ. Uh, way better... Way better representation of Loki, I feel like, than the Marvel Universe's Loki. What about the representation of eating somebody through their vagina? And on that note, 
I would like to remind you guys that none of this is normal. Not a goddamn thing. You guys be safe out there. Deuces! Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.